Free Association, we're focusing on the music of Ennio Morricone tonight. Composer, author Alessandro De Rosa is here. He co-wrote the book Ennio Morricone in his own words with Ennio. The great conversation and detailed discussion about Ennio Morricone and his work. Alessandro, I want to ask you about Ennio's relationship with Quentin Tarantino. I know Tarantino uses a lot of borrowed music in his movies. Was that a concern for Ennio? I know Tarantino flew out to Rome, according to your book, and was very serious about using Ennio. Yeah, I mean, he was trying to get Ennio already in the past, but Ennio was never available for a lot of reasons. So for him, it was quite uh, scary. He was scared, really. I, re- I just remember when he had to... He was not sure to accept the, the, the Eightful Eight, that moment we were almost finishing to we were almost publishing the book and uh, and they said to him and you Tarantino nowadays is very very important director you have to work with him because also because think about this you your music will be uh, will be heard by young generations that maybe don't know you f- from the past and they will discover you from from this and it's really important so this this was his relation. He was scared in the beginning, and also scared of going back to this western, for example, with the Eightful Eight. I remember just one this this thing that uh, is really informative. And uh, Ennio was working to the Eightful Eight uh, scores in his studio, and suddenly he came back uh, in the kitchen where I was with Maria. And uh, after all the morning that he was working, so he was immersed in his music, no and. Uh, I showed him the first copy that of the book, and I found the melody of the bad, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So the famous one, the famous theme, no. And uh, I say, Daniel, it will be very nice for our reader that you write down the main theme no, of of your movies, and so we can put this uh, handwritten uh, themes in our book. When he saw this theme. And he was just out from the studio. He really was so angry with me. <laughs> he said, go away, go away. I don't want to see this. Because he was fighting against himself in a way, trying to be himself, but, uh, but also to be new. It was really funny. It was very difficult, but I understood him. So I understood immediately why he was reacting in that way. In fact, after a minute, he apologized, and but uh, it was so so great this moment. I, I keep it with me. <laughs> wow, that's great. Well, I want to say that the having the musical snippets in the book is so great because you can see when you're talking about the pieces, and then you see that it's just a eight bars or whatever. Just having that having that quotation in there is really great to see. That's one of the reasons I picked up the book. I was like, wow, there's, there's, musical, there's musical notation here. This is really interesting. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna talk about um, this, this amazing piece that he did uh, for, for Joan Baez, Here's to You, from, from um, what, what was the film that was in? Sacco, Sacco and Sacco Vanzetti. Sacco and Vanzetti. This is interesting because it, it plays on repetition, right? And, and in the book, he talks about being inspired by anthems, protest marches, voices of demonstrators gradually fusing together. And so it's just, it's just Joan and then there's a unison choir and then that's sustained gradually by more and more people. And I, I just love, it's just such a beautiful piece of music. I want to play this piece uh, by, by Morricone with Joan Baez. Here's to you. You're listening to Free Association right here on WZBC 90.3 FM, Boston College.
I think one of the key things that makes Morricone very individual, very unique in a way, I mean, you hear literally one bar of a Morricone soundtrack and you know it's him. He writes melodies like, like an Italian writes melodies. You know, he, he couldn't be French or, or Spanish or, or indeed American. Free Association, music right there from Ennio Morricone. I played Cinema Paradiso, Charles Hazelwood talking about Morricone there. And here's to you with Joan Baez, 1980. It's 1971, in fact. Oh, 71. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. So, I, well, I'd like to talk about the, the mission for a minute because the mission is interesting. He's, it's one of his, I think, one of his best scores. Eventually superimposes three themes together. And this is what's so interesting in the book is you talk about taking three themes. So you've got Gabriel's oboe theme. I want to play that. And then the motet in Palestrinian style, which is the church. And finally, the Guarani people of South America. So there's three different themes. He plays them. And then at the end, he plays them all three together, which is really brilliant and unique. So there's an architecture to his music, right? He's thinking about how do these three pieces, did he, I guess the question for you is, do you know if he had that idea originally or that he found, he, he came upon that idea by writing and suddenly uh, realized that, oh, I can, I can superimpose these three pieces together into one piece? Yeah, when he was speaking about this score, I always say that, that for him it was kind of miracle, a miracle. Also, it was, it was scared to say that it was a miracle, but uh, he didn't like the word. But um, well, if he discovered from the score, and we, we talk about this eh? uh, really a lot, not only for the mission, the score sometimes is giving you informations about yourself and also about something else that you don't know. And you find only when you are there. It's strange. Uh, the score is something that is informing you of something that you don't know. And, but it's in you. It's really strange. It happens. You're feeding it, happens. it, but it's feeding you. Exactly. It's giving you informations. And so you understand what you will do from the beginning, but it's strange, really mysterious. So that's why, uh, because in this fusion, it's such a complex, uh, it was very complex to write down this paragraph, you know, about the mission, because it's a very difficult movie to understand. And so this counterpoint, that it's something that a good composer can do. So the mission is a very special movie, also because it was one of his big, biggest uh, success uh, from a, an economical point of view, but also because in this score there is really a lot uh, and something really deep for him. And so, um, yeah, it's not banal at all. No, it's a it's an amazing score. Um, yeah, I'd like to play these 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 pieces from the mission. Um, let's let's play these three themes, and then I'll play the final theme, which is called uh, the final piece, which is called "On Earth as It Is in Heaven." You're listening to Free Association. My name is Brian Alessandro De Rosa. Is with us. This is WZBC ninety point three FM, Boston College. Thank you. 
you look at Gabriel's theme, you know, Gabriel being the Jeremy Irons character in the mission, there's something about the way that that melody kind of curls in on itself. It's densely embroidered as well as somehow very pure and forthright. Everything in a nutshell that Jeremy Irons' character is meant to be. They are completely joined at the hip and that's genius. Free Association, music right there from Ennio Morricone, 
on earth as it is in heaven and the three themes from the mission conductor Charles Hazelwood talking about that, that piece as well. Alessandro De Rosa is with us. He has a new book out called Ennio Morricone in his own words. Uh, I want to talk about uh, this uh, piece that I heard, I heard you talk about in another interview called the secret of the Sahara, this incredible film. And there's some beautiful pieces on there called the golden door and the mountain. Uh, these are these are really unique pieces, and I don't think they're they're not as well known as some of his other pieces. You you can you talk about these pieces and why they're so important? Yeah, they're very important because they come from before. Morricone was really I don't know he really liked the movie and he really liked it was the first time he was working with Alberto Negrin that was this uh, director, no? And so he was very generous with him, I think. But really, really generous because he brought. He told to give to Negrin two pieces that he wrote in 1964, so many years before, for another movie that he never made finally. That was uh, the Bible by John Huston. Uh, he wrote these two uh, composition for him, and. Uh, and you can feel really because John Huston was uh, first of all they asked to Petrassi to make the music that was uh, Ennio's uh, maestro it was the teacher of Ennio Goffredo Petrassi but this music didn't I mean it was really nice uh, um, in the memories of Ennio but uh, uh, didn't uh, the director and especially the editor was not really happy so they asked to Ennio Morricone to make something Ennio Morricone, it was the first time that uh, in 1963, 1964, he was not famous at all. He was an arranger, he was respected, but, you know. So he really put everything that he had at the time in the score. He was very ambitious. He wanted want really to be big no? and successful. This piece, I remember when I was a child, I, the first time I saw this movie, I was three years old. Now, I, I didn't remember the story. I just remember this music, the Golden Door, with all this choir. The choir is amazing. Voices. It's yeah. amazing. It sounds so, like Ligeti. Exactly. I agree with you. I, after I discovered Ligeti, and I asked to Ennio, but uh, he, he didn't think, uh, he didn't uh, um, saw the relationship. By the way, uh, it's amazing. And I had the opportunity finally to, uh, at the end, to, to see the score. And for me, it was really thanks to Ennio because. And he was very jealous with all the score. The score, no one could see the scores no, for the movies. So, uh, but I went in the studio and he showed me the score. And it was such a, you know, an emotion, no, really a big emotion because it's something that I, I, I have memory of this uh, composition. You it's remember, very, you remember hearing that at an early age, and yeah, then to see I, it, I, to I, see I, it is, yeah, really powerful. With the guy that composed it. With I the mean. guy that composed it, right? Amazing, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to play this piece. This is The Golden Door, and then we'll play another piece called The Mountain from this, this film, The Secret of the Sahara. Alessandro De Rosa is here. This is WZBC 90.3 FM, Boston College.
Free Association, music right there from The Secret of the Sahara by Ennio Morricone. Alessandro De Rosa is here. He has a new book he wrote with Ennio Morricone called Ennio Morricone in His Own Words. And we're focusing on the music of Morricone on this, this program. So I want to get into his absolute music. He wrote, I, I think, over 100 pieces uh, for yeah. um, not, not associated with film. And uh, the, one of the really interesting groups is this, this, uh, this group of composers that, that wrote works in the 1960s where he played trumpet. So there's a lot of extended techniques for, for instruments. I want to start off by playing this piece for, um, he wrote for a violist uh, named Dino, uh, Suoni Perdino. And can you talk about this piece a little bit? Um, I know there's some discussion about this in the book about how he wrote this piece. How, how did he, did he, he must have known the violist. Again, this is get back to what you were saying before about him writing for specific people. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Suoni Perdino is a very important piece because also because it's, um, Ennio Morricone, okay, was writing, he was studying at the conservatory, so it was, um, his dream was to be a composer, not a music uh, movie composer, as we say. As we say. And uh, in 1958, he stopped to write music uh, that uh, was absolute music, in a way. So for 11 years, till 1969, he just was making arrangements, just was making music for movies. And in 1969, he decided to go back now to this first love, finally, and uh, write a piece that was just for itself. And uh, he wrote this piece for Dino. Dino is Dino Asciolla. That is, uh, and it's a very strange score because if you see it, uh, it's uh, um, made up different, uh, as you say, line, uh, but uh, the, viola, the viola player is playing every line and they has to be very exact with the time. And after that, there is the magnetophone that was a recorder uh, that was recording the live performance and was, uh, um, let's say, playing what the viola, the viola player was uh, played just. Oh, I see. Time. So the viola player was being recorded Thanks. and then that would come in later. Wow, interesting. Okay. So it was it was written, but also it was uh, uh, it's yeah there, there there are a lot of contradiction in the, in the piece and a lot of uh, shows a lot of Morricone as a composer. No, there is a bit the improvisation in a certain way of the live performance because every live performance you know is uh, uh, is there different. Is, right. Yeah, there is this uh, uh, line that is. Uh, you create an harmony, you know, with the machine. Oh, I see. Uh, I see. And there is this stratification, the these echoes that are the memory in a way, and your thoughts, no? And this, there is this machine that is recording your thoughts and is kind of getting this polyphony, you know, at the end. So you have to imagine that uh, at the beginning there is also the line of the viola, and after already the second, third line you have a, a cluster of notes that he was composing. So I, I, in the book, there is a score. It's a really interesting piece. And, uh, and yes, it's something that, uh, in a way, I always thought about the fact that uh, uh, for his, uh, let's say, because he studied in Rome, is a Roman composer. So the tradition is very important. And also the, the memory, the history. Yeah, that's a great, great summary. I'd like to play some of these absolute music pieces. Um, some of these pieces you mentioned, including Suono Perdino and the piece called The Feedback, also by the group. You're listening to Free Association right here on WZBC 90.3 FM, Boston College.
Free Association, music by Ennio Morricone. Last piece I played was a piece called The Feedback from 1970 by Il Gruppo, a group of experimental composers featuring Ennio Morricone on trumpet. And before that, a piece called Suoni Perdino, a piece composed in 1969 for viola and two tape recorders for violist Dino Ascola. Alessandro, thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you to, for having me. Thank you, Brian. He was our composer. He, he always saying, I want to be remembered as a composer. And I agree with this because a composer doesn't mean nowadays the composer of uh, pitches, timbres, silence, like John Cage said, no? But also ecosystems, really uh, experiences and uh, part of our culture, of our musical background that are there and you connect and you link. It's someone that creates, in a way, bridges. No? And uh, I like to say that he was really a composer because he experimented everything he could in the 20th century. Thank you, Alessandro. I think to close, we're going to play music from Ennio Morricone that is not so well known, some obscure pieces, uh, some more deep cuts, including some covers, including the John Zorn record, The Big Gun Down, which is a reimagining of the music of Ennio Morricone from the early 80s, and a great compilation from vocalist Mike Patton called Crime and Dissonance, uh, including a lot of other obscure pieces uh, in the last hour. So stick around, more to come. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Free Association. This is WZBC 90.3 FM, Boston College.